This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Even though the Detroit Tigers did not qualify for the 2017 postseason, still plenty of excitement in the Motor City during the regular season. Joining us to break it all down, Jason Beck, our Tigers reporter for MLB.com. And, Jason, we thank you for the time. And, uh, you know, Jason, no sugarcoating it. Uh, the Tigers, with a miserable 2017, uh, finishing with the worst record in baseball. It is clearly a rebuilding time uh, in the Motor City as uh, at the trade deadline and even thereafter, uh, the Tigers selling off some valuable pieces like Justin Verlander, like J.D. Martinez, and, uh, and people of that ilk. And uh, like I said, a full rebuild underway uh, in Detroit for 2018 and uh, beyond. But, uh, you know, I want to kind of break down some of the top moments that you submitted uh, through MLB.com and uh, as well as uh, YouTube. You can check that out, too, for the fans that have yet to do that. Uh, some of the top moments uh, from the Tigers 2017 regular season. So, uh, Jason, what, what kind of stands out to you? I would think that just going over the list, you've got, you know, Matt Boyd coming oh so close to a no-hitter. We saw Miguel Cabrera walk off back in June. We saw Jacoby Jones up with a big home run on opening day. So what are some of your personal favorites? Yeah, I think Matt Boyd's no-hit bid really stands out just because of the timing of it. And just because of how much of a surprise it was, here's a guy who, you know, really even for most of the year was uh, struggling to really stake his claim to a rotation spot. He'd been up and down. He was starting in part because of injuries and because of the uh, Verlander trade. And then you look at the fact that it became, you know, came amidst the stretch of just such miserable baseball for this team in September. And it really – it was an amazing afternoon and I think the crowd really got into it. And I think it was kind of a sign that, yeah, it's going to be a rough stretch for these guys, but on any given day, you have a chance to see something special if you go to a ball game. Yeah, no question. And uh, Jason, one thing I want to kind of touch on with you is that uh, I remember back in, I believe it was 2010. I was actually, uh, living in Michigan at the time and covering the Tigers as part of my responsibilities. And I remember the Armando Galarraga perfect game that wasn't uh, the heartbreak from that with the blown call by Jim Joyce at first base. So, you know, here we go again. It's a different situation. There wasn't a blown call here. It was a clean double by Tim Anderson. But yet again, a guy is one out away from doing something historic and has it, you know, and he's got it taken away from him. Uh, Was there any – any thoughts of the Galarraga game when, when Boyd lost his no-hitter or, or not so much? Yeah, I thought it was because Galarraga was unlikely as well. He'd been a nice pitcher uh, for a couple of years. He'd had his moments, but I remember nobody who went to the ballpark that night ever would have imagined him shutting down the Cleveland offense and allowing you know, no base runners until that last call. And 
as soon as that ball fell in on Boyd, the uh, the Tim Anderson liner, I, I think everybody thought, oh man, it's it's like a jinx with these guys. Yeah. But, uh, you know, unless you're Justin Verlander, you're cursed when as far as no hit bid goes with this club. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a, a heartbreaker. I remember keeping track of that game. Uh, with Matt Boyd and, and hoping he would finish it off. It would have only been the second no-hitter uh, in baseball this season. There was only one by Edison Volquez, of all people, for the Marlins. But uh, Matt Boyd came oh so close but uh, couldn't quite get it done. But like you said, that was certainly one of the high points of the season uh, for this Tigers team. And, uh, Jason, just kind of take us through some of the other moments in terms of something that was just sheer excitement, just uh, something that – you know, tingled the spine or gave you goosebumps. Uh, does anything stand out in that regard for you? Well, I think some of the moments with Justin Upton, Upton had a really special season. And I, it's going to be forgotten because, you know, he's gone now. They traded him away. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to be moving on to another club. And we're going to end up remembering Upton's year and a half or year and three quarters, whatever you want to call it in Detroit, is kind of another stop among the many he's had in his career. But he really supplanted Miguel Cabrera as the key cog in this Tigers offense mm-hmm. for a good stretch. It, it was a reminder that you, know, you remember last year in, in 2016 that he struggled for so long to try to put it together. And then once he did, he had that incredible six-week stretch at the end of the year to really carry this offense and almost led them to the playoffs. This year was the year where you saw him kind of put that together and have a longer stretch. And it reminds me that he's really one of the more dynamic players in the game. And what the Tigers have to hope they can do is find a similar type player that can produce that stuff for them. And that's going to be on player development. It's going to rely on good drafting and, and kind of hoping that the, you know, maybe one of these guys that they acquired in, in these trades that they did over the course of the uh, second half of the season puts it together and can become that uh, dynamic player that can carry this offense. Because really, that's what's missing. You know, they have a good core of young pitching on the way. What they have to do is find guys who can provide an offensive lift. Yeah, and unfortunately, it seems like uh, Miguel Cabrera is on the back nine of his career, had uh, one of his worst statistical seasons in 2017 that he's ever had. So that even emphasizes more to find a guy that can really step in there, a young guy that can help comprise a nucleus of, uh, of hitting and power hitting in, uh, in the future. But for right now, uh, it, that's, that's going to be tough to find, like you said, with the departures of, of uh, both J.D. Martinez and Justin Upton. And, Jason, I want to get your thoughts on uh, Justin Verlander because, obviously, you know he's been a Tigers institution since uh, his rookie season of uh, 2006. He was drafted by the Tigers a couple years before that, and he's been there for so long, and he's meant so much. And the only thing he really uh, had not done as a Tiger was win a ring. But, uh, you know, the, the non-waiver deadline passed, uh, you know, July 31st, and he's still a Tiger. Sent out that tweet saying, hey, I'm, I'm still here, not going anywhere, Detroit. But then a month later, uh, through a trade with the Astros, he agrees literally at the last second uh, to, to go to Houston and to uh, accept the trade. And just like that, he's gone. Considering that this trade happened August 31st and not July 31st, and it seemed that he was going to remain a Tiger, was that a shock to the system for the fan base that he actually did end up getting dealt? Yes and no. I think the the fans had been conditioned for the idea that it was going to happen sooner or later, that most likely he wasn't going to finish his career as a Tiger, and that if they couldn't put something together this year, 
then they would try it again in the off season. You'd have another string of rumors in another uh, sort of potential destinations. Um, but the timing of it coming when it did, I, I think that was a surprise. It's so rare you see trades like that in August at all, let alone like at the very end of August in like the last hour where you can make a move and still have somebody qualify for, for postseason roster. Uh, it was some late night drama and uh, it, it was a, uh, it was an end of an era. Honestly, you look at, I think when, you know, if you accept the idea that this era of Tigers baseball is going to end without a world series title, and I think you almost have to now. The rebuild is going to take a few years, and it, it, you're going to be looking at a different core of players once this team gets back into contention. Then the enduring legacies, I, I think, of the Illich era of uh, Tigers ownership when Mike Illich was in charge, are going to be bringing Miguel Cabrera to Detroit and drafting and developing and, and watching Justin Verlander blossom. And so in that sense, you know, he's to watch him depart really was the end of a, a legacy here. Yeah, it, it certainly was. And, uh, you know, in your opinion, I, I would think that uh, for the upcoming uh, ALCS, which begins uh, on this Friday night in Houston, the Tigers fans obviously are going to be pulling for the Astros, you know, simply because they want to see Justin Verlander succeed. But if the Astros uh, win eight more games and take this thing all the way and Verlander gets his ring – would that be bittersweet considering that, you know, this is a guy who's been such a core piece for so long and he's finally getting that title, but he's not getting it with the Tigers? Yeah, I think it would be bittersweet. But I think another way to look at it is really that the World Series, like you said, is the one thing missing on his resume. And I think you can make the case that it's the one thing to complete a Hall of Fame resume for right. him. And you would have to imagine, barring something absolutely shocking, that if and when Justin Berliner goes in the Hall of Fame, he would do so as a Tiger. And for that to happen, nobody's done it since Al Kaline in, uh, I believe, 1980. And to have somebody do that, I think, would be a very special occasion in Cooper's time and something that's been a long time coming. And it would ease a lot of bitterness, I think, honestly, amongst fans who believe that somebody from that 1984 team should be in, whether it's Alan Trammell, yeah. whether it's Lou Whitaker, whether it's Kirk Gibson, whether it's Jack Morris. Uh, I, I think there's some resentment that as good of a team as that was, the only person from that club who went in was Sparky Anderson as a manager. So now maybe the Trammell thing gets rectified here in the coming years as you know the uh, the veterans committee picked up his cause but uh short of that really um you know verlander's or cabrera is going to be the next guy to go in as a tiger yeah that that's shocking to me that al Kaline was the last uh player to go into the hall of fame as a tiger that that blows me away when you said that but that's absolutely correct and uh, you know, again, if Verlander gets that ring, that would really finish off a Hall of Fame resume. He's got the multiple no-hitters, the MVP, the Cy Young in the same season from 2011. So hopefully JV gets uh, the last piece of that puzzle, even though it would be as an Astro. But uh, I know everybody in Detroit is certainly uh, pulling for him. 
Uh, Jason Beck, a good place to wrap this one up. We thank you, as always, for the time, and we'll do it again soon. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Detroit Tigers.